This is Without Compromise, a show that explores what happens when you won't settle for anything less than your crazy ideas. We'll talk to athletes, founders, adventurers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds about living without compromise. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Welcome to the show. We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear. It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. JT has been an ambassador for Athletic Brewing, gosh, for a few years now. He, he's a proud dad, a veteran, the host of the Consequence of Habit podcast, which we'll get into uh, but JT started his career with the Air Force and has spent over 20 years, the last 20 years plus, uh, serving his country. Um, but b- back a few years ago, back when he was at a, a crossroad in life, he began to learn the power of habits, both good and bad in his life, um, and decided to make some really big changes to his lifestyle. Uh, he, he quit drinking, um, decided to start this podcast to kind of learn from others how habits make or break us. And through the consequence of habit, uh, bring awareness to the impact uh, habits have on our mental health, success, and the environment. And also, it's not just a podcast. There's uh, an entire nonprofit around it. JT has done events, done trash cleanups, done uh, running events, and uh, all these workshops for free, uh, and has done a lot of incredible things and had some amazing guests on the show, some heroes of his, as you'll hear. And also, uh, JT is a veteran, and right now, just yesterday, we released our third year in a row, Ready Front IPA, our Veterans Day, a veteran-specific beer brewed for veterans or for anyone that wants it, of course, uh, by a team of veterans with 100% of profits going to veteran-focused organizations like Catch a Lift and Team RWB. By the way, if you have a military status verification uh, ID through ID.me, we will get you 15% off anything on our website. So whether that's active duty, reserves, uh, spouses, families, anything like that, you can get 15% off at our website, athleticbrewing.com. Uh, try ReadyFront. It's a great IPA. I had a bunch last year. I'm getting some more this year. And thank you so much, JT, for being a part of our organization, uh, being a part of the Ambassador Program, and uh, yeah, helping spread the word about Athletic Brewing uh, in Delaware. And gosh, everywhere else you go too, because you travel a lot. And also a quick shout out to Julie Engler, our Ambassador Champion, for writing an amazing piece uh, about an ambassador, Gina, who is also a veteran, a mom, a cancer survivor. And uh, if you want to check out that piece, that interview, it was amazing. Go to our show notes. It's also at our website, athleticbrewing.com, but there is a link in our show notes for it. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump in. All right, folks. Today we are talking to JT Frank, a long, long-standing athletic brewing ambassador. I didn't even look up the date that you you got brought on the team, but it's been it's been since I can remember. I don't have the longest memory though, Gase. But do you do you know when you were brought on the team? Uh, no, honestly, it's been it's been a couple of years. My my relationship with athletic um, spans probably about three years, three and a half years, and pretty pretty soon after I, I I quit drinking and you know back then you I could like you know text Bill. And like this is the, this is this is the uh, the type of growth you guys have had, but but back then uh, the actual ambassador it's probably been about it's probably been about two and a half three years. Where did you grow up? Where's home for you? And uh, take us through like your introduction into um, the military. Yeah, so I grew up uh, most of my life in New York, not in the city, about an hour outside the city, in a in a 
place called Orange County, New York, a uh, town of Middletown. And I, in high school, I moved up to uh, the Pocono Mountains in Pennsylvania. And that's where I graduated high school. Uh, I started college in Scranton, Pennsylvania for a little bit. Um, and it was, I, I quickly realized that I was not ready to, to be on my own and in college. Um, so that was short lived. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of schooling. I was just working at bike shops and, and, uh, just partying a lot just, and there, I knew something had changed my life. So I, one day just went down to the recruiter and, and was exploring it. And both my, my father and my grandfather were military. And, uh, I just started, I think before I knew it, it wasn't, you know, a lot of people, they talk about this patriot patriotic reason that they, they joined. And, um, that, that's not necessarily my story. Uh, but, but it was, it was a way to, to do something for at least four years of my life and look like I'm making some type of forward progress. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it was in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I, 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 I enlisted in, in the, the Air Force. So this is going back. We're, we're going back to 95. So. so so what were those first few four years like? I, it led to more, like an entire career. But w- what were some of those early years? What were you learning about the military and the life of, of being in this world? I, I've said it before, Mason. It, I, don't, I don't know if it's saying it saved my life is uh, probably a bit of an overstatement. Um, but you know, you, you come to crossroads in your life and you either go left or right. And that just happened to be by chance. I went in that direction and it was everything that I needed. Uh, not just during that time. I ended, you know, I, get, I was in for five years. I get out. And uh, again, I quickly realized that, that I need certain things in my life. But, but at that, that point in my life, I needed structure. I needed to be held accountable. You know, I'm ADHD and, uh, and a, and a late bloomer, right? So you add those two things. And, and I think my, my prefrontal cortex is, is that of right now, like a 25 year old, I'm 47. So I was, I was behind the curve. So it was exactly, and I excelled. I did really well in the military. I, I, uh, in those environments I do, I do well. It was just at that time I found if I was left on my own, uh, that I was on the opposite. I, I, I tended to self-destruct. So, uh, military taught me, it taught me discipline. It taught me again, how to, you know, how not just to hold other people accountable, but hold myself accountable. I forgot that lesson a couple of times throughout my life, but, but, uh, I'll say this one thing that's great about the military is in the world of, you know, in society, we separate each other for, for whatever, whether that's our tax bracket, the, uh, the color of our skin, our sexual orientation, all of these different things. The military is a great way of bringing people together and having a shared goal and you have no choice but to interact with people that you are um, not necessarily used to being around. And, and it's, I think it was really helpful in, in developing just ways to communicate with people and, and get along with people. And uh, those are skills that, that I think I carry, carry for the rest of my life so far. Was that hard to replicate on the outside? You know, just having that shared goal I mean, it, it seems to be a common thing that a lot of veterans go through is like just replicating the the purpose of the lifestyle into civilian life. I completely self-destructed. Like it was a train wreck when I got out. I mean, I got out and I thought I had it all figured out, right? That that was part of the, the problem of being in this system and then doing really well in this system and then confusing myself with, I've got every, all this, this life thing kind of figured out and then being kind of just 
I'm going to say left on my own because I'm the one who decided to get out, but just getting out, not having a purpose, not having the camaraderie, not having the accountability. And I was living out in, in Sacramento, California. I moved just north of Sacramento in a town called Auburn. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a really tough time. I call it my, my vision quest. That was my year of, of kind of what I consider rock bottom um, in a lot of different ways. And, and uh, it led to me literally, Mason, I'm not joking, selling pretty much everything I had uh, at a pawn shop and loading everything I could into a Jeep Wrangler uh, to, I, I sold my back seats, Mason. That's how bad it was. I, I, I sold the back seats. My, my Jeep Wrangler loaded everything into it. And, um, and, and those are not known for having a lot of storage, by the way. No, 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 no. This isn't, <laughs> this is, this is a, this is like a 1995 Jeep Wrangler. Uh, <laughs> got my dog in there and a bunch of stuff and, and headed out of town and drove across, uh, went from Sacramento to near Scranton PA. So, um, yeah. So it taught me a lot, but, but it also, you know, like I said, there's a harsh reality of, of getting out and then really struggling with that and finding myself over a period of time, um, uh, needing that structure again in my life. And that's, that led into me being a, a forest ranger and, and, you know, different aspects of being a first responder, uh, working for the government. And, and, uh, and that's where I found myself today. You know, it, I, I know the pay is a little different, but it reminds me of the stories of, uh, professional athletes when they get out of the, you know, you go from a stadium filled with 60,000 people cheering for you to, you know, you're just a normal person now. Now you have this legacy and you have the the remnants of it in your home a lot of times, but the you, you can't replicate that, the locker room, the, the coming out on the field and all that. And I'm sure besides the pay, like I said, it's very similar to the military in the sense of purpose and goal. Yeah. I mean, I found myself like at a bar, like, you know, I've been out for eight months and, and I, mean, I was like Uncle Rico of just reminiscing <laughs> about my 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 time and to be honest with you my time in is it's and it's very hard to even compared to the people uh, that serve now is my listen i got out in 2000 the world was you know pre-9-11 military is another animal right so i i look back and go boy i sure had it good like i think about all experiences man i traveled the world i was on hike mountains in turkey I, I just did i did amazing amazing things and uh, you don't, sometimes you just don't realize what you have, which especially at that age, right? The grass is always greener. I'm going, man, this place, this sucks. And in retrospect, I look back and even on my bad assignments, they, I, they are some of the most cherished memories I, I, I have for sure. Wow. It, rock bottom driving across the country in your Jeep and your dog. Um, when did it start to turn around? When did you start to feel that you had that purpose back and, and tell us this too. Cause I, I feel there's a lot of people probably maybe in a lesser way since in that, maybe in a similar way, was it immediate or was it a slow progression back to uh, a stable life? Oh no. So it, it well, it, it started with, uh, my, with my now wife, right? So I started, I started dating my, my now wife and, and, um, <clears throat> she, she had a, a child who's, who's now my, my daughter as well. And, and that, you know, that, that purpose of living for something other than yourself, um, that's something I, I, I kind of needed as well. Uh, and no, this, this progression, first of all, I want to say, I don't have it figured out, but the progression of, of change, uh, is been extremely slow. Uh, you know, we, we, on my podcast, I talk a lot about alcohol and, and, and that, 
that transformation didn't happen until 2019, right? So now I was married in 2003. So, so uh, there were certain positive aspects of my life that, that kept me grounded, but uh, realizing that, that positive change needed to be made in my life, that, that was, that's a slow, slow journey that, um, that we're, you know, still working on today. You know, I, I've told this story before, but my dad was a heavy drinker, heavy drinker when right before I was born. And I don't know if I've actually told the story on the podcast, but my dad found out that my mom was pregnant with me and he had a beer in his hand and he was an alcoholic. And he goes, oh my gosh, I got to get my life together. I'm, they're young. They're in their super like 20, 21. And uh, he's like, I, I, I can't be living like this and have a kid. So he had a beer in his hand. He set it down on a payphone. never touched alcohol again, but he loved beer. So he drank non-alcoholic beer my whole life. So when the opportunity with Athletic came along, it was like, oh, yeah, I know about this idea. This, I've, there's been O'Doul's in my fridge for 30 years, you know, so or not my fridge, but my dad's fridge. And it's always in the truck, um, you know, because because uh, he just keep it in the back of the truck for work and you could because you could drink it at work. Um, and so it's always been around. And so what's cool is that, you know, I have brothers with medical issues. My dad doesn't drink and I still enjoy beer. Uh, but it's something we can all have together and no one has to worry about anything. Um, but for you, for so for him, it was a moment. It was a moment he was like, it's over. I can't do this ever again. And he has it. What was it like for you? Uh, it wasn't one thing. I, I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of people about this and, and I, most people who have an issue, and this doesn't have to be alcohol, this could literally be anything. And I think that's that's something I'd like to just dive into after this. But, um, you know, if I was honest with myself, I'm like, I knew what the way I did things, I drink more than, than most people do. Uh, and, and that, that doesn't fit into a regular, I should say not regular, cause that's, that's a bad word. Uh, the traditional thing that we think of somebody with a drinking problem, right? You didn't see me slurring. You didn't see me, I didn't have a DUI and that's probably more luck than anything. Um, there, but, but I knew deep down that, um, that, that, that I drank too much. And even going back to kids, like I grew up in a house that drank, like that was the norm. I saw it every single day. And, uh, that was reinforced with the military. And that's one of the things I'm passionate about talking about is, is as great as the military is, as many great habits you will learn. There's some that maybe don't serve people long-term. Uh, but, but I, I would, you know, if I spent more than two seconds thinking about that, I was teaching my kids the same thing that I was taught, right? This blueprint of how to be an adult, uh, that, uh, that I wouldn't think about too long cause that stung too much. Right. And I found that I just made these decisions throughout my life. Like every, every major bad decision I was tracing back to this, this thing. <laughs> I was like, I've run this experiment a lot of times and the outcome seems to, uh, hold true almost every time. So, um, I tried it more than once, but there was just one time that I was, I was coming home on a, um, from a work trip and I said, that's it. Uh, that was, uh, February 3rd of 2019. And, and that was, that was the last time I, um, I had a drink and, um, yeah. It seems like so many things was attached to that, to where it's like when that domino fell, in the sense of like personal progress, all these other dominoes started falling too. You find that a lot with like, you know, I got, I got a lot I need to change about my life or a lot that I want to change, but you, you know, it's, it's really overwhelming to think about doing it all at once. But if you find that one thing that everything's really, really attached to, or at least connected to in a way, 
you can get a lot done just eliminating that one step. So it, so- it sounds like that was for you, the the big thing you needed to focus on. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And then it was also, it, the further I, you, you make distance from something like that, the more you start to realize you can, you can pinpoint or at least um, spot the reasons you start doing stuff, you know, you start examining and, and we don't have to get into like what a 12 step, but, but it's something that probably everyone should go through. Cause you start realizing like, Hey, I look at my phone more when I'm not, when I'm uncomfortable or I have more road rage when I had a crappy day at work or, or whatever. And you start to connect these things. Um, and that's where this kind of idea of examining our habits, looking at the things we do on a daily basis and going, Hey, is this something that's bring me closer to this version of myself that I, uh, I like, or, or is it the opposite? Because, you know, something I talked about with, even with the alcohol is like, we have this vision of ourselves as what we think we are, we are portraying or even uh, what we're putting out to the world, but, but they, they, they don't always fall in line with the reality of how we're feeling. Right. So um, trying to make those two align as much as possible is probably uh, I've been a helpful exercise and I think what's, that's, uh, been part of this process. Yeah. But, but to answer the question, yes, that was the first step. And then from that, a lot of things have just kind of, uh, come along with it. That's awesome, man. You know, you've mentioned it a few times and, and, and people heard about it in the intro, but consequence of habit, that's kind of your, your whole thing, your podcast, nonprofit, uh, it's a giant metal sign that's behind you right now on the wall. That's really cool. I think like a listener made that for you. Looks awesome. I've got a uh, a couple things. I've got a t-shirt with it. Oh, I should have worn the t-shirt today. I could lie and say it's underneath its jacket, but it's not. It's another athletic brewing shirt. Um, <laughs> but tell us about that idea because it started with the phrase first. When did that? When did you just start seeing the pattern of the consequence of habit, which is a long-term thing, just like you were talking about before? Yeah. Um, all right. So, so to back up, I had been doing a, a podcast for a beverage company called Killcliff, and it's it's kind of in the, the the CrossFit world, and fantastic company. They were great to me. They helped me set up this studio that I'm in now. And uh, but then COVID happened. This kind of fell through. And I'm and I'm there's a lot of people kind of. I'm not saying anything that people don't know, but, but COVID was tough on people. And there's a lot of people within, even within drinking that were kind of suffering through those, those, uh, during that time. And I wasn't working a bunch just because of the pandemic. And I had this studio and I'm like, man, I'm just going to talk about like the, the, our habits and the consequences. Cause I've felt both, both sides of it. And, And that's something we don't think about that much. You don't think about the positive consequences of our habits. Um, so I just got on, got on the mic and I started this, this project and I came up with the name consequence of habit. And I, and I quickly found out that I ran out of material to, to talk. I mean, I can only talk about my, nobody wants to hear, you know, one person's story too much. So I had a couple just kind of intros on, on my story. And then I just started sending out messages to other people, fully expecting all of them to say no. And gradually more and more people started saying yes. And, and I didn't want it to be just about drinking because I think what what habits, talking about habits does is it levels the playing field really for everyone. Because I don't care if it's your, your, this high-functioning entrepreneur that, that gets up at four, does their 100 burpees, meditates, journals, or your, or, or your, your person that, that's suffering with alcohol or, or, or you know, drug misuse issue. 
uh, we, we all share this thing as habit. Habit's like the most woke thing in the world, right? Like it doesn't care what you're, where you're from, color, any of these things, right? So, uh, and people do would just tell, tell me about their journey. And I would have some people that, that had, had had these great habits from the time they were young and, and they're doing unbelievable things. And, and then I had other people that were on the verge of death and then have gone on to, to uh, start examining their habits, make these positive changes and are doing just unbelievable things. So uh, it, it quickly became bigger than me and it was more of a platform for people to come on and, and tell their stories and then, um, you know, hopefully inspire some other people to, to make some, some changes uh, in their own life. About a year into that, we wanted to do more because these episodes were like, I just didn't want to point people to an episode of a podcast. Uh, as great as that was, I felt like there was, we could have more impact. And that's where we looked at uh, COH as, as, a, as a nonprofit and started that process with the goal of just having these workshops. And that's what we're doing now. Uh, whenever we can, we have workshops where we bring in either practitioners or experts in a particular habit and we make it pretty much free to charge of, of people. And we go after certain audiences, but um, free to charge to, for people to sign up and come in. Like we just, two weeks ago, we did a Wim Hof breath work and cold exposure um, a workshop where this one was for veterans. They came in and, and you know, th these are things that veterans aren't necessarily, not all of them, but not necessarily uh, accustomed to to doing right like getting in ice baths and hyperventilating and thinking about you know mindfulness and meditation and, and all of these different things and so that's been that's been an amazing experience and to give both athletic and you a, a shout out with without you guys a lot of this stuff wouldn't be happening i mean i've said it on our podcast every episode but uh you guys have been just such a huge supporter of us and and can't thank you enough You didn't have to say that. I'll probably cut that. No, I'm just Don't. <laughs> no, man. You're you're well, it's so cool to see you start off with an idea, go with it, build on it. I mean, you've got a family, you've got three kids, um, a wife, a full time career, uh and doing this on the side and starting this nonprofit, it's really inspiring. It's really awesome. Like I get a lot of personal inspiration from like, man, if JT can find the time to do this stuff, surely I can find the time to to, to do these things I want to do. Um, what have you seen in the veteran community, uh, society do well for veterans and, and not so well? Yeah. So there's, a, there's a couple things here. <clears throat> you know, I, I mentioned connecting our, our actions with our emotions, right? Like the, and that's, like I said, like you're having road rage cause you had a bad day at work or something along those lines. I think as far as a community, one thing I remind the community, and this wasn't my experience, but, but that uh, men and women, we, we've been at war for over 20 years now. And there's men and women that have seen things and experienced things that as humans, we are not designed to process. And, and some people process them better uh, than others. And, and I, I make the comparison to like altitude sickness um, and dealing with, with trauma. Right. So everyone has a different threshold. Some people can walk up, uh, uh, you know, they can acclimate to, to high altitudes much quicker and not have the same effects. It's got nothing to do with toughness and, and it's just the way they're biologically made where other people have a lower threshold to that. And trauma is, is the same way. Um, so when we, the problem with people suffering, 
uh, is that we don't always make those connections because the way they act out a lot of times are, are in an interpersonal relationship or, or you see them act out in a way that's, that's, it's very hard to make those connections. Like maybe somebody's really suffering. Um, I would say that the, so just, just having some empathy and understanding that, that what a lot of these men and women have gone through is, uh, beyond what, what most people are designed to be able to, to go through. Uh, the second part of that is I would say that, and this is happening, but you know, the VA was doing the best that they could to take care of people, but those, um, those treatments, uh, it's the government and, and they've done some amazing things, but there's, we're constantly coming up and with different, uh, ways to, to treat, treat people for, um, any issue dealing with, with mental health. And, and I look forward to, uh, different different ways of doing things that, that maybe weren't traditionally used uh, coming to the forefront and, and give, giving some people some some more relief because I, I talked to I just talked to a, a guy yesterday and, and you know people there's a lot of people really struggling out there and then trying to integrate into the civilian side and make that work has been a really uphill battle for for a lot of people so with the show. And taking it beyond that to do like actionable things, things people can get involved with. What what's on your roadmap? What are, what are you trying to do here with Consequence of Habit? Where is it going for you? Like what what are you what are you trying to do in the long run? Uh, so in the well, first of all, I'll start off with our with our mission statement. Our, our mission is to bring awareness to the impact that habits have on our, our mental health, our success, and the environment. Um, so. The bread and butter for us are these workshops. Um, we have an ambassador program now, and this is a great way to spread the word. We, we just we have 21 people that are living the mission. Right? They are people that, that through their everyday actions are bringing awareness to the impact that habits have on their own life and inspiring others at the same time. Uh, we have the podcast, and, and that's, again, a platform for other people to tell their stories. Uh, but all of this is, is a way to funnel attention towards uh, us as a 501c3, and our goal is to have more workshops uh, to do this in, in more than just. So a lot of these things right now have been based out of the Philadelphia, Delaware uh, area. Uh, but we now have ambassadors all over the country. And, and I would not I would like to see we will have uh, these opportunities for people to attend these things and uh, across the country. Um, this is. You know, we're, we're sympathetic to the first responder in the military community because that's where I come from, but that's not, that's, that's not all we're doing work with, with other nonprofits. Uh, we're working on something with, uh, the Phoenix, um, some other recovery groups. Um, so, or just anybody, I mean, that's, I think one of the opportunities here about talking about habits is that the more we talk about it, the more we realize how much they dictate everything in our life. Like it, the, the, the richest countries in the world have the highest levels of, of mental health issues, the highest levels of depression, suicide, substance misuse issues, anxiety, pain. And, and uh, you know, there's a reason behind that. And a lot of it is just what we're doing on a regular daily basis is this idea of always being comfortable, this idea of not challenging ourselves. There's just a, there's a, there's a lot to it. And um, I just foresee COH as kind of a catalyst to, to bring awareness to that and, and hopefully just have a, a community of people kind of coming together, have this connection through a, through a, through a, you know, a shared experience and, and, and challenge. So that's, that's a long winded answer. I'm sorry, Mason. Just don't do it again. Um, <laughs> tell me, tell me a story about somebody who, who, who either through the show or just through some of the work you're doing changed a habit. 
and what happened? Like, what was the habit they changed, and what were the what was the consequence of it? Every time that this seems to be too much, where I'm going, oh, man, this this is so time consuming. You talk about running the nonprofit, hosting the show. I know you've got like adult and teenage kids. Right, it's, you got a full time job. It's a lot going on, right? So every time that it gets to the point where I'm I'm going. I don't know if the ROI on this is, is, you know, am I, is it worth it? Is it, it, and then all of a sudden I'll get an email and I've, this has happened multiple times where they said, Hey, you had so-and-so on. They said, they described exactly what I'm lived through or have experienced. And I'm, uh, can you please put me in touch with this person? And, uh, and I say, no, no, I'm joking. I say, of course I go, yeah, you know, and I'll, and I'll make these, these connections and to just be the middle person on that and, and, and see these interactions go back and forth, um, has been, has made this, uh, one of the most rewarding things that I've, uh, I've ever done in my life, uh, 100%. And, um, you know, I don't think I, I could have continued and will continue. Like this is going to be my full-time job. I, I mean, I retire from my, my nine to five job in, in uh, about three and a half, four years. And this will be my full-time job. And, and, and I, and I will see this through and see it grow. And, and I mean, it's already become bigger than me, but, but just even be part of it. Um, so I didn't really answer the question on a specific habit. Uh, you know, there's been a lot, a lot of people will reach out, Hey, you know, I've gotten in, I've gotten into journaling, I've gotten into breath work, but a lot of times I feel like an, like an imposter or, you know, I have imposter syndrome because I'm going, man, I mean, a lot of these people, they have such better habits than I do. I'm like, they should be doing this. They should be running this for sure. You know, uh, the, the author Ryan Holiday that wrote, I mean, you know, Ryan Holiday, stoicism. It's a big, it's a big part of, part of this is the, the, the idea of the obstacles away. Yeah. The obstacles away. Well, I was listening to a podcast he was on and him and his wife joke a lot, uh, that one of them is a stoic. The other one writes about stoicism. <laughs> and the joke is, he goes, she's actually living it. She's the one that it just comes natural. That's her That's her demeanor, her personality. She has that resilience and that mindset. He's the one that's almost super fascinated by it because it's a whole lot of work for him. It's almost like the le- the, the less talented athlete makes a better coach because they've had to learn all those things themselves. Uh, so they know what it's like to get 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 there versus someone like a Michael Jordan where it's like what do you mean like you can't do this it comes natural so it's almost better that you're someone that's learning it and has to go through it and isn't the best it it teach it helps you teach it better 100% and i wanted this to be like this this i wanted things to be happening in real time like i want to see you know, so we're getting ready to have somebody come on and talk about like our relationship with technology i struggle with my relationship with technology um, and, and to, so to go through these things in real time, um, and then we're, we're getting ready to do our second digital fast, right? So for 30 days, we're going to try and get, try, we're going to get rid of all of these things that kind of just monopolize our time. And, uh, and I'm nervous, I'm nervous because this one's going to hit me hard. Like this is going to be the exact kind of stuff that I'm, I know I'm going to struggle with. So I never wanted to come at this from the, from the point of view, like, Hey, I got this thing figured out. I got this thing licked. And I'm going to, I'm going to instill my wisdom on you. Um, I, the, all of this is, is, 
uh, playing out for, for me just as much as that it is everyone else. And like I said, there are a lot of the people that are, that are have buy-in on this way more in touch with uh, like the way habits affect their life. Um, I, I say, I've said to my wife before, I'm like, I'm just, and in certain things, like I, we have this, we, and this probably comes over from the, from the athletic brewing side too. It's like, we have amazing ultra running athletes. I'm not an ultra runner. I mean, I run, but I'm not an ultra runner, but I have these people that, that are part of this thing that inspire me way more than, than I know it's, it's on the flip side. Uh, yeah. I don't even know where I'm going with that. I, I get, I get what Ryan holiday is saying for sure though. I look at the ambassadors and think, <laughs> I, I think I do something when I go for like a three mile walk around my nature, my neighborhood, or like I hiked last night and it's flat, you know, it's Florida, you know, I'm walking around in the woods. It's the middle of the night though. And so I'm like, all right, you know, doing, doing something here. And I, I look at my phone technology, uh, pull, pull, see the ambassador group and someone ran like 200 miles and climbed like half a million feet elevation. And I'm like, okay, maybe I, what am I doing here? Why am I the one that's supposed to be encouraging this community to, to be active and live this lifestyle? Yeah. But, but again, you know? it's, it's bigger than us, right? Like, uh, that group, that athletic has built, and there are so many things that I've, I've mirrored or tried to, uh, uh, on the way that you guys have done things. Listen, Mason, I'm going to put it out there. The fir- you're the first person I called when we talked about an ambassador program, right? Like you, I was in a hotel somewhere to, and you were talking to me about, um, you know, the ambassador program and, and how athletic does things. And you've guys been amazing about building this community. Uh, and you see them. I mean, people are interacting. It's, 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 I think it's, a, it's an awesome thing. I mean, this isn't just an athletic hype thing, but it's, it's been a big part of my process, both personally and COH wise. So, uh, I, I get what you're saying. Ta- listen, Taylor Spike, r- r- you know, he runs like the Cocodona 250. Remember that episode. And he wears, and he wears uh, COH stuff all the time. Um, so <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't even know what we do to deserve that. Like, that's, that's cool. <laughs> we do a rapid fire segment and I kind of have a long list for you because there's a few extra things I want to know. You want to jump into that? Let's do it. Okay. All right, and and some of it's going to have to do with podcasting because you know two podcasters get together. We got to we got to talk shop a little bit. But you know you've had a lot of awesome guests on uh, Consequence of Habit. Who who has been maybe one of the most memorable recently, or someone that just quickly comes to mind? People ask me the question all the time for mine. It always changes. It just kind of depends on recent guests, what I've been thinking about lately. What what's been something that's been that really got you recently and why, who was it? What were they talking about? Uh, the one that always stands out is I had a conversation with, um, general Greg Martin, who was the president of the national defense university. And, uh, he told a story of of being called into his boss and and his boss's office. And I want to say his boss was like, I might be screwing this up, but I think it was the chairman of joint chief staff. And, and he was suffering with some mental illness and didn't know it. And he and he's this, his boss said to him, says, Greg, I love, I love you like a brother, but, uh, you got to retire. You, you have to leave today or you're fired. And I think that one really stands out to me because this is a, this is a two-star general talking to uh, a guy who was a low ranking. Like I got out of at a low rank and exposing some, some vulnerabilities uh, to me, also a stranger, 
and and hence to the uh, and hence to the world of uh, one of the most traumatic, uh, difficult things in his life. Um, and I and I thought I found that so incredibly brave of somebody who's looked at in a certain way for his entire career. You know, we're talking about a West Point graduate. We're talking about just a just somebody groomed to be a leader, and and then willing to open up about uh, their their own experiences. And then other than that, Taylor Spikes episode, again, that was one of the very first episodes and it was so heavy. I mean, I joked with Masterwords. I'm like, man, I think I need a nap. Like I got done with it and I was like, this was, it was just, um, but I mean, I had Greg LeMond on. I'm a cycling fan. I had Greg freaking LeMond on the, the I mean, I had a poster that dude in my room when I was a kid. Um, so there's, there are, awesome. there, yeah, there's tons of them that, that I look back and go, I can't believe that person and said yes and then even more importantly i can't believe the relationships the people that i continue to talk to on a regular basis after having having them on the podcast and i'm sure it's something i had listen i had you on the uh, you on the podcast and we and just a couple months ago we were sitting around having a cold one together down in florida so that's right non-alcoholic you know of course but yeah we went got some pizza we were yeah you, you were in town that's so crazy. Um, I know everyone and their mom has a podcast, it seems like, but th- there's a reason. There is very few mediums in today's world we could talk ha- halfway across the country from one another, have an in-depth conversation about our feelings, about what motivates us, about how our lives have changed. You walk away from these conversations, you feel connected to people. You feel like friends because there was no medium in, in a lot of ways before this to open up that quickly to someone you didn't know that was intended to then be shared with the world. It's a really fascinating medium. It, it really is. And, and I've had any beers with people, uh, like I've been on work trips and I've met up with people uh, that I've had on the podcast and, and it, it really is an amazing experience. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, they, what, I forget what the number of people that you can really only be close with. It's like some, I don't know, 150, 150. So I get that some of those relationships fall away, but, but it has definitely opened up that pool of 150 to, to people I never would have thought I, I would be talking to. So, um, yeah, it's been, been a pretty cool experience. It's called Dunbar's number, by the way, it has to do with, uh, like the, the, the max number of people you can have a relationship with, like but yeah, I guess scientists called Dunbar. We've actually brought it up with building the ambassador program. Like, do we need to branch off every 150 or something? And there's a lot of organizations that use that number to say certain branches or arms can't get bigger than that because then it just, you just don't know people. I think it's true. <laughs> uh, all right. So that was uh first one. So, all right. You've had a ton of people on, been some impactful people. What is your favorite daily habit? I don't do it as much as I should. Um, I did it right before we get on the podcast, uh, is, is breathwork stuff. I do like a Wim Hof breathwork. I'll do a couple sessions of that. And that has been something that to, for me to find stillness in my mind, cause it's all over the place. Most of the time to find some stillness, uh, I will do a couple rounds of some breathwork and feel grounded. Uh, everything seems to slow down a little bit and that kind of gets me in the right mindset for the most part. I've been breathing my whole life. Um, yeah, heck, I've been doing it the whole time we've been talking. You're multitasking. It's unreal. No, I know what you mean, though. Do you have any hobbies that folks you don't often talk about or folks don't know about? 
Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't talk too much about my own stuff. Um, I love climbing. I bring my, my daughter climbs with me. <clears throat> well, both my, my daughter and my son. But, uh, so I, I live in Delaware, so we're not, <laughs> we're not doing any multi-pitch big, big mountain stuff. It's all in a gym. Uh, but we, 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 we love the climbing. I grew up as a cyclist. Um, I don't know if I fall into that category anymore, but I love mountain biking. Uh, I grew up racing road bikes. Uh, I, listen, my dog's name is Merck's after Eddie Merck's. Uh, my son's name is Cadell after Cadell Evans. Um, so, or I should say, we just like the name. It's not after him, but that's weird. But uh, yeah, so I love cycling. You know, it just fitness stuff, man. So if it's trail running, uh, I'm com- still coming on back from an injury on that. I love, I love, uh, I like, I love lifting weights. This is probably something I do probably four days a week. I enjoy that. It's just kind of an outlet for me. Um, but yeah, I would say those are, those are my, those are my, uh, my hobbies. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite athletic brewing beer? Free wave by, by, I mean, I, there's other ones that some of the seasonal ones that come out and, and I go, man, that's good. But free wave's my staple. Like that is the one, if I could just, if I had that from, from here on out, I would be good to go. And, uh, I'm starting to see it more and more locally here uh, it, and cold, right? There's the other thing. Like I can get it and it's in a refrigerator. So it's coming out cold, which is, which is nice. There were times you could get it and, and yeah, it was always in the back corner somewhere and it was warm. And, and so there was that process, but yeah, free wave. Oh, soul, soul Tower is also, if, if, if at, listen, I don't want to give athletic uh, any business advice, but if that doesn't become a staple, um, you're missing out. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh man, yeah, we, we are. I think it is coming out again soon, like earlier, or or, or multiple times a year. So I mean, it, it's a very popular one. They they nailed it with that one, and the cause is awesome. Last question, and I get you to go. On every can of beer, it says brew without compromise. But we believe, kind of like what the pursuit of uh, the consequence of habit that you're on. You got to live without compromise. It takes not just one domino in your life to get rid of, you know, one neg- negative habit, but work on them all. So to pursue anything well, you got to live without compromise. What does it mean to you to live without compromise? Oh, Mason, that's deep. I've heard you ask other people this, and, and I, I swear they have a canned answer. Uh, like they prepared for this uh, more than, than I have. I've said about change um, that a lot of my habits that are, that I used to do compromise me from being this version of myself that I that I wanted to be, right? Um, so the word compromise has come up a lot uh, for me. To live without compromise is is to hold yourself to a certain standard, um, and and then set up the environment to follow through on that. Uh, I want to be careful because uh, I know personally I failed at that before, right? You hold yourself to a certain standard and, and maybe you don't reach it. But the the without compromise part to me is that endless struggle of of going towards it, uh, knowing like, hey, this is where I want to be, and I'm gonna I'm gonna f up, I'm gonna mess it up sometimes. But at the end of the day, I do the next right thing to move forward towards that that direction, uh, and that's where. I don't know if, if not quitting is is the is is the uh, living without compromise, but but just continuing that grind uh, with the acceptance of, of of two things. It's going to suck sometimes, and and you're not always gonna you're not always gonna uh, succeed, but but just keep grinding towards towards that uh, that whatever that goal is. 
find out more about JT and Consequence of Habit at consequenceofhabit.org. Uh, learn about events and podcasts and whatnot. You can learn about ReadyFront, our IPA for Veterans Day, at athleticbrewing.com. You can read the story written by Julie Engler about ambassador and veteran Gina Page in the show notes. There's a link. And to learn where you can find Athletic Brewing, just go to our website, athleticbrewing.com. Thank you.